Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. This is the part of the, of the, the experience uh, where we're going to open the Bible, uh, where I get to preach. At this point, it kind of feels a little bit like a job interview. Uh, like, is this, this is the make or break moment? No. Uh, again, we just want to echo uh, and repeat ourselves just over the top how grateful we are that every single one of you took a chance and decided to come here today. And uh, it means a lot to me and Kara. Uh, it means a lot to our kids. Uh, we actually have three beautiful, amazing children that are not just tag-along kids. This is my oldest son. His name's Cole. He's a freshman at Spanish Springs. And uh, on our production team, uh, my daughter is Kate. She's 12 days away from being a teenager. Uh, And she's absolutely incredible. And she's serving with the kids. And then our youngest one, Jaden, he's 10 years old. He's in with the Legends, which is our Convo Kids for our elementary school uh, students. He plays football uh, for the Pop Warner Sparks Raiders. And uh, they just won last night against Carson City. If you know people that played on that team, I'm not trying to brag, but they destroyed them. <laughs> destroyed them. I don't know, they're 10, they're 10 and 11, so come on, let's not, let's not do it too much. But you got to win. There's winners and losers. Come on, that's life. Anyway, okay. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being here today. Our hope and our desire, our dream is that this is not just something that people came to check out today. Um, we, we didn't, we didn't uh, come here to start a church so that we could do a pop-up shop, have one service, everyone goes home and goes on with their lives. We came here to do business. Uh, we came here to realizing that, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Reno is the second most unchurched city in our nation behind San Francisco. Uh, we also realized that as beautiful as our area is, as amazing as the people of Reno and Sparks in our region, some of the most amazing people on the planet that we can look at the stats and we can see the reality that there are aspects of our community that are struggling, that there are people that are hurting, that there are families that are broken, there are people that are searching for answers. And, uh, and our, whole, our whole theme and our whole focus leading up to today, and I don't know if you've seen this either on somebody, you know, maybe you came today because somebody, you know, gave you a postcard or you got a coworker or a friend that just hasn't shut up about it, so you're like, fine, I'll go, just stop telling me about it or whether you saw something on Instagram or Facebook, but if you have, you've seen this question that we've been asking. The question, is there more? Because we believe with a core conviction inside of us that the answer to that question is a resounding yes, that there absolutely is more, and it doesn't matter whether you are on top of the world right now, you just feel like everything is rolling, life couldn't be better, or whether you're on the opposite of that spectrum and you feel like you're at the bottom of the barrel, you feel like you don't even know if there's hope for tomorrow, I want both sides of that story to know, absolutely, yes, there is more. And and it's not more in what you can do. It's not more in what you can achieve. It's more, it comes from a a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, uh, There's a particular verse that's, it's kind of, well, it's not kind of, it is the foundation uh, for even the series that we're going to talk about. Because we don't want to stay, we don't want to stay just on the question of is there more, uh, we're, we're going to flip that and turn it into a statement. The statement is there is more. And so for the next three weeks, 
Uh, we're going to be talking about that specifically and, and digging in deeper because, believe it or not, the Bible has a lot to say about what God has for your life. And, uh, and it's not mediocre. It's not just getting by. It's not just, well, this is where I'm at and this is where it's always been. And my grandparents were like that. My parents were that way. And so I guess that's just how it's going to be for me. No. And there's a lot to say. And so we're going to take time to go and talk about that. But there's a foundation for this. And so uh, it's in uh, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. It's in the New Testament of the Bible, chapter 3, verse 20. And it says this. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this, he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. So I'm gonna pray again. We, we pray a lot, okay? And this one, I wanna pray because I feel like for all of us, including myself, because I'm not exempt from this, I just want God to open our hearts because I want us to be able to receive what it is that God wants to say. If he wants to say something, my prayer is that we have the ears to hear and the heart that's open to be able to receive it. So God, we do pray right now, Lord, that you would uh, just open up our hearts, remove distractions. God, there's people here like, man, I don't know about this. I just came, but I'm not sure. Uh, People that were driving to church this morning, fighting in the car because that's what happens. But God, we pray right now, Lord, that distractions would be put aside. God, open our ears to hear what you're trying to say and our hearts to receive what you want to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, have you ever had someone attempt to encourage you, but when they tried to encourage you, it actually didn't encourage you? <laughs> You're like, yeah, okay. I, I can't tell you how many times I've read Ephesians 3.20, which is probably, arguably, one of the most encouraging passages in the Bible because it's just blowing your mind. Wow, just dreams, blah, 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 bigger than you ever think. Clearly, God's trying to encourage us. But I don't know about you, there's been plenty of times I've read that and it had the opposite effect on me in that particular moment. Because where I was at the time, I didn't seem like what I was reading was actually going to be possible. All right, so, all right, another analogy. About six months ago, um, I started running, like to, you know, I need to get in shape, need to be healthier. Um, I've turned 40 in October. I know I don't look it, but (laughs) you're laughing. Okay, anyway. Um. Um, so I started running. I'm like, you know what? I, I want to run a marathon, and the clock's ticking. So if I don't start doing something now, it's just not going to happen. So I did. I downloaded one of those apps, you know, that kind of tells you how to, how to, like, okay, from couch to marathon, which I feel is ambitious. And uh, so I started, so, you know, you put in your headphones, you got music playing, and what it does is, like, every half mile, it's like, you've gone a half mile. Your pace is this. And, uh, and so I've been doing that for six months, and, and I'm definitely further now than where I started. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. That's a different message. We're not going to preach that right now. But I think the voice tries to encourage you, but recently it's kind of kicked up because it trains you for a 5K, then it trains you for a 10K, and then I'm having a hard time looking past the 10K right now. But right now at the 10K, it's got me training to do like a 40-minute run, like a, a tempo run, and, uh, and that. That's a lot for me. If you can't tell, I'm six foot seven. Not a whole lot of six foot seven guys are built for distance um, or speed, for that matter. Um, and so it got to the halfway point. So I'm 20 minutes into the run and it says, Good news, you're doing great. You're halfway there. And I'm like, That's not encouraging because I can't breathe. I'm like, If, if this is what it took me to get here, I know I don't have what it takes to get there. 
And it's funny how things that are meant to encourage you in a moment when you can't see where you're trying to get to actually can become a discouragement. So often we disqualify ourselves from God's plan and purpose in our own lives because we think the distance between where we are and where God says he wants us to be is completely unreachable. And so instead of pursuing it, we check out. We're like, it's not meant to be. It's just not going to happen. You know, sure, um, infinitely more than you could imagine, blah, 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 God's mighty power, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'll do all my wildest dreams, blah, blah, blah. And uh, what was meant to build us up and encourage us becomes something that because of where we are in the moment, it becomes, uh, it becomes almost depressing. Because our response to God is like, well, my wildest dreams wasn't for my marriage to break up. My wildest dreams wasn't for me to, uh, I thought I'd be so much further than I am right now in life. My wildest dreams wasn't for me to be starting over a new career right now. My wildest dreams was that my kids would grow up and actually love me, but now they won't even talk to me. And so you're telling me that you're going to outdo my wildest dreams, but I can't even get to what I thought was my baseline dreams. And so we begin to disqualify ourselves from what God has for us. And I think actually maybe even what's more dangerous is for the people that think, well, that's where I need to get. I've got what it takes to get there because I'm going to work hard. I'm going to push and I'm going to strive and I'm going to hustle. I'm going to build. I'm going to promote and I'm going to get there. And I kind of think to a degree that's actually more dangerous because you're, you're creating motion. But because you're doing it on your own strength, you're actually separating yourself and creating greater distance. Because what God created you to do is not possible for you to do on your own. What God created you to do was something that it is literally impossible for you to even conceive it unless you allow your life to be placed in his hands. And it's through that context that God has the nerve to communicate Ephesians 3.20. Because I'm going to tell you a little little secret about myself and my wife. Uh, We dreamed about this moment almost 12 years ago. That's when God first spoke to us and said, I'm calling you to plant a church. At the time, we were young. We didn't even know really what that meant. We didn't come from, you know, a church planting movement. Um, We're like, what do we do? And God's like, that's okay, I got you. We're going to take you on a journey. And he did. God took us on a journey that that, that taught us things and prepared us, and and it grew us, and 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 it shortened the distance just a little bit more from where we were and where God wanted to take us. And now here's the thing. I want you to know today that, that today is the dream. So as I submit today as a dream before the Lord, God's like, that's cute. That's cute because because I'm I'm gonna achieve infinitely infinitely more than your your greatest dreams. Because I'm actually wanting to do uh, above and beyond anything that you could ever possibly ask or imagine. So it's great that you think you achieved your dreams today, but you haven't seen anything yet. Because that's the thing about God is that when he gets you somewhere and he blows your mind and we have a revelation of, wow, I cannot believe what God has done, God's like, are you, that's, this isn't it. I'm glad you're pumped. And I am pumped, by the way. I'm so reserved right now, you don't even know. I'm so excited. But it would just be awkward if I ran laps and then I would be out of breath and it's all over at that point. But what God is doing here with Convo Church is just the beginning I want to say something really stupid because this is going to be recorded, but our, our, our dream is actually for the next 10 years, we want to plant 10 churches in 10 years. I don't know how we're going to do that. We just did this one. I don't know how we're going to do that. 
But I know if we, if, we, if we reach for that, we plan for that, and we trust God for that, and we continue to say yes to God and what he's calling us to do, he's, he's going to be the one that does it, and he's going to also increase our vision and increase our dream. And, and if, any, if I can get anything across to you, I want you to know that, that, that don't, don't buy for one second that where you are right now is all you're ever going to have. It's not about getting stuff. It's not about that. I know people that would get up and grab a microphone and try to pump you up and make it about stuff. It's not about stuff. It's about your purpose. It's about be, being created with purpose on purpose. There's no accidents on this planet. Doesn't matter how people got here, God says, you're created in my image, you're created with purpose, you're created to do great things. It doesn't matter what the generations before you have done, you are not defined by where you came from. You were defined by who you were created by. And when we begin to realize who our creator is and where our identity is and where our purpose is found, it will change the trajectory of your life. I need to get to our main, our main scripture verse here. Is that okay? Turn with me to John chapter 4. This is actually where we're going to talk for the next couple of weeks. Um, the book of John's in the New Testament. It's, one of, it's the fourth gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you don't have a Bible, it's totally okay. We're going to have verses up on the screen. But I would also highly encourage you, download the free YouVersion Bible app. It's free. It puts the Bible, like, right here with you at all times. It gives you a verse of the day. gives you devotional things that you can read. If you're like, man, I'm struggling with depression, type in depression, boom, there's a scripture. You're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. So download that, because even if you don't have a physical Bible, you can always have one right there. But turn to, uh, to John chapter 4, and uh, there is an amazing account uh, that we're going to talk about here. And this is an account where, uh, where Jesus did something that actually when you just kind of read the lines, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's actually a big deal. So we're going to start reading in, uh, in verse 4 of John chapter 4. Uh, leading up to this, Jesus is down, uh, if you can kind of visualize a map of Israel, uh, modern-day Israel. Jesus is currently down in southern Israel, uh, down in Judea, and there was some drama going down in Judea, and he's like, ah, time to get the disciples and bounce. Time to get out of here. It's getting a little hairy. And so he wanted to go to Galilee, which is in north. But before he could get there, he had to pass another area. So it says in verse 4, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to a Samaritan village of Sychar, near, or Sychar, Sychar just, that's my southern accent coming out from Virginia, near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well at noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. And the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? We have a little bit of a cultural situation here. When you, when you read the Bible, it's so important to realize this is not 2018. This is not America. We have to understand the context of what's happening. See, Jesus, I'm gonna, I don't know if this is gonna blow anybody's mind. Jesus wasn't white. He didn't have blonde hair, blue eyes. Jesus was a Jew. Jesus was uh, a Hebrew. And so, uh, there's a place that he, it says he had to go through, a place called Samaria. Now, Samaria and, and, and Israel kind of had some issues because Samaria was a place that was filled with people who were of Jewish descent but had married people of other religious beliefs and had different views than what traditional Jews were, were, were embracing. And so, especially the religious leaders in the Jewish community would refuse to even set foot in their territory because they considered them to be a half-person 
I mean, we've got prejudice happening. We've got racism happening. We've got religious division happening. And, uh, and so for a religious leader who was a, Drew, a Jew, they didn't have to go through Samaria. They weren't going through Samaria. They would literally go out of their way to the east, cross the Jordan River, go up through the desert and back into their territory rather than go through Samaria. They would go to the west and get in the Mediterranean, take a boat just to avoid becoming unclean. And so Jesus, even for people that didn't realize who he was at the time, they still respected him as a Jewish leader, as a religious leader. So for him to go through Samaria was, they're like, what are you doing? And so then all of a sudden he's sitting down and, well, here comes a woman. So it's not just a, a Jew talking to a Samaritan. It's now a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman. So that it's getting more and more awkward. You can see why she's surprised that he's having a convo with her. It's actually, by the way, just spoiler alert, that's the title of our message. It all starts with a convo. And no, that's not because it's the name of our church and it's, you know, catchy to have the name of your church in your first message. It's actually the heart behind who we are. It all starts with the convo. Jesus, it says in verse four, and this is the most important verse, but if you just read it through, you're gonna skip over verse four without even spending any time. It says he had to go through Samaria. No, he didn't. He didn't have to go through Samaria. He didn't have to go, but he had to go. He didn't have to go, but, but he had to go. Why? Because there was somebody there that needed him. And Jesus could have cared less about religious traditions. He could have cared less about what people are going to think. He was not about to allow prejudice and racism and religious division and socioeconomic status and people's opinions to stop him from being who he was to love on somebody who was in need. And I wonder... What was going through this woman's mind as this conversation was happening? Sometimes I feel bad even talking about her because we don't know her name. It's like just this the Samaritan woman or, or the woman at the well type of scenario. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to dive further into what this convo actually is to let you know what's going and what happens and, and how you can tap into the more that God has for you. But today, if we get anything from today, I want you to realize that Jesus came. He had to go to Samaria because he had to close the gap for this woman between where she was and where God had created her to be. She was stuck over here. She was stuck over here in her reality and in her trials and in her failures and in her uh, disappointments, and she thought that was it. But Jesus had to show up into her reality to close the gap, and I'm here to tell you today that that's what Jesus is here to do for you. He is here to close the gap for you between where you are right now, no matter how great you think it is or how horrible you think it is, and to get you to where God wants you to be. It all starts with the convo. It doesn't start with getting everything figured out up front. It doesn't start with answering all of the religious questions. It doesn't start with all the doctrinal statements. It doesn't start with style and opinion and this is what I think and this is what I don't think. It all starts with Jesus coming up to her and saying, hey, can you give me a drink? Everything in our life, every, every important positive and negative experience in all of our lives has all started at some point with a conversation. Uh, when my wife and I decided, she wasn't my wife at the time, I'll never forget the, the important convo that we had right before we started dating because we had both had some bad relationship experiences and we weren't about to go down that path anymore. And so we sat down and we had a conversation that would literally chart the course of our life. 
and our destiny together. It all starts with the convo. And so my question for you today, as we, as we look at what's in front of us in our own lives, as we look at who God is, and as we look at what God wants in our own lives, are you willing to allow Jesus to come into your life and introduce a conversation that could change everything? Are you willing to let him in? Are you willing to, to kind of say, okay, I don't, I don't know how to get there. I don't know if it's possible. I don't even know if it's reachable. But, but Jesus, if you're, if you're with me, I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to take that next step. I'm willing to, to trust you with the next inch. Maybe you can't see a mile down the road. It's okay. But are you willing to trust him with an inch? He had to go to Samaria. He had to go to Samaria. It just blows my mind. We think about um, what's possible in our own life. And uh, one, another verse that I love is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says that the, the plans that God has for you, it gives you three words. They're good, okay. They're pleasing, all right. And they're perfect. Whoa, <laughs> that just escalated through the perfect, the P word in there, perfect. God's plans for you. Come on, somebody needs to hear this for yourself, like in your ears, in your heart. You need to receive this. Stop disqualifying yourself because of what you think you're worth or not worth. God's plans for you are good, they're pleasing, they're perfect. I don't know how am I gonna get there. Let Jesus close the gap. Thanks again for listening to the Convo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor. Subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on ConvoChurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Convo Church Podcast.